Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Championship Wednesday, if you will. Recording a little earlier tonight. Got some guys on vacation. Blaine, contrary to my tweet, joining us tonight. We'll talk to him here in a second. Huge, huge, huge matchups. Two weeks left of the Figure It Out pod in terms of football. Of course, we'll have some uh, offseason stuff, some draft stuff, but going to be taking a break coming up here pretty soon. Enjoy it while you can. With that being said, Johnny Blaine joining me again. We'll start with Johnny first. He's in a little bit more of a situation similar to mine. Freezing cold, snow on the ground, doesn't matter. Football will be played. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? Fantastic. This is this week is going by so slowly. I swear. And this is going to sound. If you're a fan of a team that hasn't been in the position that you know that that the Chiefs have been recently, you, you won't understand this. But um, and you'll think I'm stuck up for saying this. But like this week before the championship game. I think goes by more slowly than the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. This week has just crawled by, and it's only Wednesday, and I'm so excited for our Chiefs to take on the Bengals this weekend. Tons of different storylines for this game. Um, a little teaser, and I won't spoil it, but Blaine the other morning sent Chandler and I in the group a little three-minute just riff audio recording of him uh, talking about the Chiefs and his commute to work. And Blaine, you're going to have to share that in more detail with with the listeners because it's pumped me up all week. And so storylines are different around this game. Motivation's different. We got some good news on the injury front that we'll get into. And I'm pumped up for the Chiefs, baby. Let's go. Uh, there are There is some bad news on the injury report per pelvis and a nose as well. So we'll talk about that. Blaine, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing good. I, I hope you guys can hear me well because I'm through the Wi-Fi of my room. But um, can hear you great, God, I, I really probably couldn't be doing better. Yeah, I probably couldn't be doing better. <laughs> I, uh, I flew into Cancun about three. It was snowing when I – I mean, my drive to KCI or NCI Airport this morning, I was going five miles an hour. And now I'm here in paradise. And that will make this week go by faster. Johnny, I feel like it's Tuesday. Well said. I mean, it has crawled by. But um, it was good to be able to hear from Pat and some of the guys today in the, in the press conferences and really start to get this thing going and hear what their aspect of it is. I have a lot to say about Chiefs, Chiefs Bengals. Um, I'll just save it. But this is great. I had to be here for this in October. Yeah, if Blaine's going to brag, I will brag a little bit myself. As I alluded to on Monday, um, I will be at the game Sunday. And so to go off what Johnny said, yes, this week is dry, dragging along. Um, I actually had a half day today at work, and it still felt like a full shift. I just, I, my brain, I'm doing work at work, but it is just check it off the list and move on because there's nothing more important in my life, really, than Sunday. So let's go ahead and get into the games. We'll start. Blaine, how much time do you have? Blaine, you there, brother? Oh, we lost Blaine. Bad podcasting on the Figure It Out pod, but we figured it out. Blaine had to go. Um, so Johnny, I'm sure I, he'll join back in pretty soon. Oh, Blaine is joining back in. So we'll start with... We'll start with the Sunday afternoon matchup. The San Francisco 49ers travel east 
to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, kind of an interesting matchup because there hasn't been that many storylines really circling this. Um, there's a lot more storylines um, in the AFC in terms of injury and rivalry. Um, these two teams feel like they're kind of foreign to each other, even being in the same conference. Um, it's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic. Um, if I'm saying this correctly, I believe I am. These two teams did not play in the regular season. Um, I really can't remember the last time these two teams played. I, I, I would honestly be willing to bet that Jalen Hurts has never played the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I could be wrong on that, but you never know. I think this is going to be an unbelievable matchup. Um, we've said this on Monday. These are the four best teams in football, and they remain. Um, I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, these two teams, San Francisco and Philadelphia, are easily the two best teams in the NFC. Let's start with San Francisco from my perspective. Um, they're nasty. They have a really good defense. Obviously, we know what Trent Williams does. Um I think it was, you know, no free ads or no free shout outs, but Colin Cowherd and Nick Wright were on the herd the other day and they were doing that, uh, the 10 best players in the NFC championship game. I don't know if they did an AFC championship game, but I know that they did the NFC one and there's hall of famers all up and down this roster. And definitely there's some surefires and there are some potential hall of famers on there as well. Um, I look for this game to be a slugfest. I look for this game to be won and lost at the quarterback position. Um, I think that there isn't enough being put on the Lane Johnson injury. I was listening to a different podcast the other day talking about um, his injury and how severe it really is. Johnny has said it on this show at least 10 times. He needs surgery. Like, he has to get surgery. So he is one hit, wrong step pile away from being out of this game and I think that completely changes this Philadelphia team especially with a pass rush like the San Francisco 49ers have I'm going to turn it over to the guys here I've been a little long-winded I feel like I could talk about this game forever I love this matchup two physical football teams they're going to get after it and honestly from a betting perspective I think I take the under in this game I think it could get really ugly in terms of how good I think these defenses are Johnny, we'll start with you, buddy. Yeah, great game. Um, just the talent, your point about Cowherd's show is what I was going to bring up with the 10 players. I mean, I just, just while you were talking, I just wrote down names off the dome. And if I miss any, like, just, you know, just that means there's a lot of good players. McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Talanoa Hufanga, Fred Werner, Nick Bosa, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown, Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox. Like I, I could go on and on. Like the, the 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 talent level on these teams is amazing, and I really do think that it's some you have got to give credit to two people uh, for that. One, Howie Roseman, GM of the Eagles. Two, John Lynch, GM of the 49ers, because they are maximizing their roster talent with the single most valuable asset when it comes to roster construction in the sport, and that's a quarterback on a rookie contract. Jalen Hurts, rookie contract. Now, it was Jimmy Garoppolo at one point, right? But with Trey Lance on the rookie contract, and they probably didn't really bank on Purdy, but like seventh round contract rookie, right? They're able to put these pieces around 
um, and, and, and go spend on a guy who I forgot, Charvarius Ward, right? They're able to add stuff like that on a team where the Chiefs on the other end have to make the sacrifice roster construction-wise and not bring back a guy like Charvarius Ward. So kudos to both GMs, kudos to both coaches, young people, uh, in, in, young head coaches in this league um, with Shanahan and Sirianni. Um, I think there's that's something to focus on, though, in this game, right? It, the story of Shanahan in his playoff career has been some questionable coaching game management decisions. So we'll see if he's learned from those uh, or if he will do that again. And then on the Sirianni side, it's just kind of like Yahtzee. I mean, we're, we're 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 just here and he's a fiery head coach. He's, he's giving it prick. to the refs and he's he he. he He's coming off kind of, you know, as a prick Chandler, but as long as they keep winning, it doesn't really matter. Um, so we'll, you know, if they lose this game, we'll see how he acts uh, afterwards. But I think just on the field, off the field, in the front offices, uh, two two great organizations, well run, and it's going to be super fun. Did you say what line you have? I honestly haven't even looked into the gambling side of things. I would imagine Philadelphia would be favored here. Um, but, you know, the link's going to be rocking. Do you have it, Chan? Very poor podcasting by me. I did not have it pulled up. Um... But yeah, they, the Eagles have to be favored. Let me see if I can find it. Really yeah, yeah. Fast. Just if and, you have you know, it, just go ahead. I, got, I think it's one. I think it's one. I got two things too here. Um, it's okay. I've got it right here on ESPN. It's Eagles minus two and a half over under forty six. Under under under. In my opinion, but we'll see on that. Um, Brock to to allude Johnny to what you were saying about Brock Purdy's seventh round contract. He has roommates. <laughs> <laughs> not very many QB ones in the NFL have roommates. I know that the cost of living in California is probably very high, but that's just kind of a funny little tidbit um, that Brock Purdy uh, has an apartment with some other, other teammates, I believe. Blaine, are you, are you there? That service is spotty by the beach. I think must yeah. be nice. He might have, you know, maybe some margaritas clouding the Wi-Fi service or something, but um. Blaine, if you're there, I can. You, I, can you guys hear me? I'm sorry. Yep. No, you're good. <laughs> it's it's all this room service. You're in and out, but I'm hearing everything that you guys are saying. If you got to be clear, but I, I mean, Johnny, you're alluding to it. It is. This is the championship. This is what makes championship weekend so fun. It's like the very confident young team that hasn't really been there yet. I mean, with their new pieces versus just that program that Shanahan and Andy Reid that have been there. So the very confident the Eagles and the very stoic in the 49ers, and the very confident in the Bengals, and the very stoic in the Chiefs. And that is just beautiful drama. I mean, in, in just a TV show in itself, but in football. And the, as I look at this game, like, I think both ways I favor the stoic. And we'll get to the Chiefs, but there's something about Shanahan and the pieces. And even though it's pretty, but it's McCann, and that defense like there's there's something that makes me want to favor that at all times I don't necessarily know um that that alludes to the X's and O's of both of these teams but um you know that's just kind of the point I wanted to make and the fact that and I feel like it's going to be hard to beat the 49ers because they do what they do so well <laughs> then Jalen Hurts just put up 38 when he was back from an injury so what are you going to yeah, Johnny, I'll ask you, what are what's your give me a key for San Francisco to win this game and give me a key for Philadelphia to win this game. Yeah, on the San Francisco side, it's to keep Brock Purdy clean. The Eagles have four defensive linemen with over 10 sacks, which is the first time that's ever happened. 
and they're like the I, I believe the stat is they're the third they're they're ranked like with the third most sacks a defense has ever had. I heard that on on a different combating podcast called Pardon My Take, which is not as good no. uh, today. Yeah, not even close. They wish, um, but. I just think keeping Brock Purdy clean is going to be huge. If this gets into a, a a game where Purdy's running for his life, and maybe that's when you see the seventh rounder in him, the lack of athleticism uh, come out. Because, you know, Purdy's been really nice, like throwing the ball over the middle when he's been clean. His throws have been timely, good spiral. Where I have seen Purdy lack is like that explosive arm talent towards the sideline. So picture this. Let's say that the 49ers have the ball lined up on the left hash, right? So when you're talking about football, the distance from the left hash to the left sideline is called the boundary. The left hash to the right sideline is called the field. If Purdy has to drive the football from the left hash to the field sideline, you've seen the ball kind of float on him a little bit, right? When he's throwing the ball over the middle, you saw him do it to Kittle. You've seen him do it to Ayuk. It's been really nice. But when he's had to really drive that ball to Jennings or anybody else, it's gotten kind of kind of iffy. So you got to keep the pocket clean on the San Francisco side. On the other side with Jalen Hurts uh, on that offense, they have got to run the football early and successfully. When they can run the football on the Philadelphia offense early, that opens up Jalen running the ball as well. And when Jalen's running, it's been really nice. Jalen did not have the biggest day throwing the football last last time. Limited completions, and I know it was a blowout. He didn't really have to. But under 200 yards, limited completions, they ran the football a lot, and that's all they needed to do against the, the, the that Giants team, which had a terrible showing. So those would be my two keys, and I tend to think that I'm, I'm leaning Philadelphia here. I think my key... Um, and it kind of goes into the to the Brock Purdy argument. San Francisco cannot start slow. I think in their two playoff games this year, um, they have started a bit slow. He looked a little disheveled against Dallas. Um, I think that Dallas got after him decently, um, but he just kind of seemed a little off in the first half, and luckily he was able to rebound. Um, and, and that's kind of a product of being at home. Purdy's going to have to go on the road here. It's going to be astronomically more difficult. Big word there. It's going to be astronomically more difficult if they fall behind in Philadelphia. It's just going to be. That place, like Johnny said, it's going to be rocking. Um, and I think that's a key for the Bengals, as we'll talk to here in a second. Um, but can Brock Purdy settle into this game in the first quarter? If he plays like a rookie in the first quarter, I think it could get ugly quick. But in the contrast to Johnny and talking about the Philadelphia defensive line, this could be one of the best offensive lines that the Eagles have gone against all season. Two really good tackles um, and a really good interior offensive line. I think for the Niners, a key for me is they need to run the football. They need to run it with McCaffrey at least, what, 15 to 20 times probably? Blaine, you got something? Yeah, and my key is a little bit different than both of you. I'm looking at Charve, a guy we know so well, and being able to stop A.J. Brown. The deep balls that – I mean, we even saw it. Kansas City went in there and threw – I mean, MVS had a hell of a game deep, and a lot of guys have against this 49ers defense. And what are they going to do? They're probably going to be able to set, have to stack the box to neutralize that Philly O-line. Philly ran for, what, 260 last week? So yeah. you have no 
choice but to stop the run, then try to one-on-one with the guy like A.J. Brown. Well, that's not very easy to do. So can they limit, A, the running game, as you're talking about, but B, more so the big play, sideline-type passes near the boundary um, that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown want to connect on? Philadelphia, too. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, no, I haven't. Philadelphia, to, to me, has a little bit of Buffalo in me or it in them because I don't necessarily think that the Eagles can chunk it down the field in the passing game. I don't think that they can pick up a third and six and get seven through the air. Like, they have been very reliant, and it has worked. I'm not taking that away from them, but they have been very reliant on a deep ball to A.J. Brown, to Devonta Smith. Um, and in my opinion, I just don't see that intermediate passing game that can be so effective in a game like this, in my opinion. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that that's pretty pretty accurate there. Anybody have any final thoughts on this game? John, you got anything final? We've only I'm got- just, no, I'm just looking forward to it, Chandler. Yeah, that's, it's, there's two games, but my favorite thing about th- this game is that it's the first game of the day, right? I'm so excited to watch this football game, but – in the worst case scenario that the Chiefs were the early game, and if they were to lose, and then th- and then this NFC game were to follow, I wouldn't be able to watch it. No, I, there's no chance I'd be able to watch it. So I'm thankful that this is the early game, and the Chiefs game is going to be after because I'll just be locked into every snap of this game. And if I'm going to put my name on something, uh, I'll take the Eagles to cover. Yeah, let's go through. So Johnny's got the Eagles. Um, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. Um, to win, in my opinion. Um, and I think that basically stems from, at the end of the day, if the Chiefs are to win, I want to play the Niners. Um, it's kind of the lesser of two evils, in my opinion. Neither one is going to be an easy matchup, but I am I want the Niners. So, Niners for me. Blaine? I'm going Eagles, and I've had a really tough time with that, but I, I just think they're too explosive, and I think it's going to show Love it. Interesting show. <laughs> We're kind of technically, quote-unquote, wrapping up the show here with the final game of the slate. Um, it's kind of sad. I'm really actually – I miss our full slate. Uh, maybe we could just make up some games after the Chiefs-Bengals game and we can just talk about them randomly. But um, we won't We won't waste uh, the listeners' time. Well, Texans-Colts. Yeah. Come on, can't the Texans and Colts play? They – you know what? I think the NFL should look into that. Since there's only two, since the it's a two and a five thirty, maybe they should throw a noon game in for the two worst teams in the NFL. Just give battle. us some extra football. The battle for the first pick that would be a hell of a second Super Bowl. That would be cool. Bears versus Texans would be that matchup for the first pick. I think. I think Texans are two, so that'd be a shitty football game, and I would watch every single second of it. But unfortunately, that isn't the case. 5.30 p.m. CBS, Nance, Romo on the call. Tracy Wolfson on the sideline, I'm pres- I'm assuming. Cincinnati Bengals travel back to Kansas City for the second year in a row. AFC Championship matchup. This game really has it all. Storylines, trash talk. Um, and as Blaine said, it, it in a year, the roles have been flipped. Last season, the Kansas City Chiefs were running their mouth, talking all this crap, probably a little overconfident, um, and and let the Cincinnati Bengals, A, hang around, and B, win the game. 
Um, and I think a lot of that stems from the Chiefs not taking this Bengals team seriously. And I think that kind of is a product of last season, the Bengals, people really weren't taking them seriously until they ended up winning the AFC Championship game. I think that is completely different this season. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to surprise the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs are coming into this game insanely locked in with one thing on their mind is to win the football game by any means necessary. And it can't, the chiefs have just got to line up and win this football game. They cannot be worried about stats. They cannot be worried about being flashy. They cannot be worried about their bullshit trick plays, trick formations, all that stuff. With, with, before we get into the game, one of my biggest keys for this football game, and we I think we're all three agree, is this Kansas City Chiefs team has just got to line up and go out there and play football. I think sometimes too, too often we get caught up in trying to get Pat a ton of yards and trying to get guys a bunch of catches, and this game is going to come down to who takes what the other team gives them. I think both teams are going to score. I think this game is an over game, in my opinion. Um, and that's my, that's my, I guess, my uh, little monologue there to start the game. Blaine, we'll go to you first since we started with Johnny for Niners-Eagles. Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, I thought pretty heavily about posting that three-minute clip that Johnny alluded to on uh, Twitter. I was just driving to work the other day and just got so fucking fired up about Eli Apple and just the Bengals, the way they were – talking on the sideline, pissing everybody off. This this just feels the first time that the Bengals have the target on their back. You know, they were not favorites whenever the Chiefs went to Cincinnati earlier this year. They were not favorites going into Buffalo this year. They were not favorites going to Arrowhead last year. They just have never really had that aura about them to where they've been able to find motivation in weird places. And that's what Zach Taylor and the ticket sales and all that blah, blah, blah bullshit that I think everybody in the AFC is fed up about. And this is a game where you're looking at the Chiefs as the father of the NFL, sitting them down at the dinner table and telling their kid or the AFC's younger son that, hey, we own the AFC. We've hosted five straight. Yes, you might be the favorite right now, but we need to plant the flag and say, hey, this is our table and this is the game to do it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this. I got two two key points about this game. Chris Jones won. Chandler, you're going to talk about this. I know you will. But you have to be great. You have to be great. And two, establish the run and allow this team to do something different than what we saw in the second half in the AFC Championship. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think for the first time in the Mahomes-Kansas City Chiefs era, this Chiefs team is – having it has the support of the rest of the league outside of Cincinnati. I think people are yep. really sick and tired of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um and they're just doing it to themselves. I think if they were just shut up and play football, nobody would be rooting for the Chiefs this weekend. I think everybody would want the Bengals to win. But they have just been absolute jackasses. There's no if ands or buts about it. I understand football players' mindsets. I understand trash talk. I tend to <clears throat> I like trash talk. I think it's a huge part of the game. But there's just some things that you just don't bring up, and we won't get into any of it, but some of the Bengals stuff has just been ridiculous. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs need this game, obviously, to go to the Super Bowl. But just 
to reassure the dominance that really has been the last five years from this Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Johnny? Yeah, a lot to say. Well said by y'all so far, too. Um, where to start? Okay. I think the, the my favorite place to start is that Mahomes is a full participant in practice. FP, yeah. those are two letters that I was just hoping to see today. Uh, on the injury report and all things considered, like it looks like he's going to be just fine. He, he will not be 100% healthy. Patrick Mahomes. Like I I get that, but this guy is just built different. You know, people are trying to compare like, Oh, well, you know, when I had my high ankle sprain, I was, I couldn't do anything. You're not Patrick Mahomes. Like this is a one of one elite physical specimen, like regular people, cannot compare their injuries and how their bodies respond to injuries to how Patrick Mahomes' response. Patrick Mahomes missed two games because when his kneecap was in the side of his leg. Patrick Mahomes had a high ankle sprain earlier in his career. And what did he do? He came back the very next game and threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and won a football game. You know, like this guy is just different. And just to see that, to hear him speak today in the media availability, which uh, if you haven't listened, there was a uh, there's a lot of media availability and it looks more professional when it's conference championship week. So I encourage people to just, just go to the Chiefs YouTube if they want to listen to that. Um, but from Andy Reid talking about how this is not as bad of an ankle injury as the one in 2019 to Patrick Mahomes saying he's been totally fine to the Twitter rumors and pictures that we have been seeing of Patrick Mahomes getting extra treatment with his trainer, Bobby Stroop, I think is his name, you know, like everything, all things considered, like this dude's going to be all right. And he's going to go out there and ball. And a point that I want to make is I think that this actually call me insane, but it's going to force him to be more, pocket centered right he knows he's great outside the pocket the Bengals know he's great outside the pocket and what the Bengals have been doing with defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo is almost like daring Mahomes and Allen and these guys to abandon the play and get outside of the pocket why I watched a ton of film on this uh not to brag and uh here's what I found their edges Hubbard and Hendrickson They've given the Chiefs hell every time they've played. They gave the Bengals hell. Why? Mahomes and Allen are guys that tend to drop further back in the pocket than the typical quarterback. And when they're waiting for things to open up, what do they do? They drift, so they'll go even further. It has been proven that Hendrickson specifically can beat Orlando Brown with a straight line rush with speed, a direct line rush. So, right, he the, the ball is snapped. He, he rushes in a sprint straight line to try to get to the back of the pocket before Orlando Brown can can either push him or um, usher him, whatever they say. I, I don't know what the correct term is, but, you know, kind of to just like shoo him further back so Mahomes can step up and create that pocket. What I'm getting at is Mahomes is going to have to stay in this pocket that this offensive line is creating. And I think that's going to give him, you know, uh, an advantage against this Bengals defense. Mahomes, we've always seen anything he does. He's been able to have success against defenses, but he's an elite pocket passer. So he's just going to be able to carve these guys up because the Bengals drop into coverage, they drop into zone, and we're going to have the guys that are going to be able to sit into those spots in the zone, and we're going to be able to carve them up. In the past, 
that is a style of offense that gave this Chiefs offense fits. Remember all the times, well, the Chiefs are turning the ball over and they'll go on these multiple play drives and um, they're not able to throw the ball deep down the field to Tyreek Hill anymore. They've had two years to practice these long drives. They've had two years to be able to orchestrate these drives. And I am confident that they're going to be able to do that against the Bengals. The Bengals are going to punch back, though. They are going to fight back. This is a gritty team. But Blaine's been saying this, this whole narrative around who the Cincinnati Bengals are, the people who no one cares about, the people who nobody wants to play, the people that are doubted. That feels like it's over. Mm -hmm. People are doubting the Chiefs. And I have been saying this all week to everybody who's been asking me. I am supremely confident in the Kansas City Chiefs. I seriously am, you guys. With I believe, I believe they're going to win this game with every fiber of my being. I am walking into this game extremely confident. If they lose this game, I am going to seriously be a, a mess. I'm just going to say that now. But I, I honestly don't even think that that's going to happen. America, like Blaine was saying, like the, the country is like wanting the Chiefs to dethrone these guys. Mahomes is hearing all the stuff about putting Burrow in the same category as, as him. The media has found a new narrative to drum up now that Josh Allen's out of the playoffs. And the Chiefs are just supremely motivated. I'm going to end with this because I know Blaine has more to say, and I could just keep talking. The Chiefs are a different football team than the last time they played Cincinnati. I'll just read off a few names that they're going to have this, this game that they didn't have the last time. They're, they have Kadarius Toney. They are potentially going to have McColl. They're going to have Jalen Watson out there. Josh Williams' snaps are going way down, guys, and he had a rough game against Cincinnati the last time. But here's the biggest piece they are getting that they didn't have last time, Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney did not play against the Bengals last time. Joe Tooney is the number one rated pass-blocking guard in the entire league. It, it's going to be great to have him back with your quarterback maybe at 80%. Okay, somebody else go before I get too no, fired those up. Those are really good points. Blaine, do you have something? Yeah, I mean, to that, 77% of America is not money-lined, but spread to one-and-a-half on Cincinnati. Or, no, two-and-a-half to Cincinnati. 77% is one-and-a-half. So, or 88%, sorry, screwed that all up completely. Well, you got to take your time, brother. You're in Mexico. You're fine. 77% is at two-and-a-half. 88% of America is at one-and-a-half Bengals. So, I mean, you take that for itself. 75% of America thinks the Bengals are winning by two and a half points or a field goal. What more could you ask for? Would you have thought that at the start of the year that America would not bet the Chiefs if the Chiefs were in the AFC championship? Or better yet, to Johnny, like you're saying, I talked to Buffalo Bills fans. I've worked with people in Buffalo. They were so pissed off at the Chiefs last week that they don't want anything to do with the Chiefs. They don't want to see the Chiefs be successful. And that flipped the complete script that they want the Chiefs to win, to kill Cincinnati. And I think that's now the motive across the NFL. And so the, I just wanted to bring a point to the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are not favored at Arrowhead in Patrick Mahomes' era after flipping a complete team. And we'll, we talked about it in the past, but just with the, you know, the whole quarterback narrative that the Chiefs are already paying Patrick Mahomes and all the other three teams not paying, but just the situation that the Chiefs are in right now if they win this football game, and if they dominate this football game, the entire NFL is in a bad scenario. And the Chiefs are, I mean, they don't plant the throne. They build a fortress on the top of it. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think a huge part of this it, a huge part of this game is to limit the big play of the Cincinnati Bengals. If they're going to score, make them go on drives. Do not give up big plays at Jamar Chase to T. Higgins. Don't let Joe Mixon run all over the place. Really need to lock in on defense. And Blaine had alluded to it earlier. And one of my biggest keys, and, and he knows this too, is Chris Jones. No playoff stacks excuse me, no playoff sacks, still um, one tackle last week against Jacksonville just flat out was not good enough. Um, I know that he he gets all the double teams. He gets all the offensive lines attention. I know all of that. But we'd say this almost every week. That is, that is every week. Chris Jones knows every game going in that that is going to happen. And he has got to make Burrow uncomfortable. The defensive ends have got to make Burrow uncomfortable. Because I'll give Joe Burrow a ton of credit for this. The dude just seems insanely comfortable at all times. I don't know what it is or why, but if you remember back against the Ravens, he was not that comfortable. The Ravens were hitting him and hitting him hard. And outside of a 99-yard fumble return by a defensive end, that was a game that the Ravens could win. People forget, I believe, that if Tyler Huntley – doesn't do what he did, and the Ravens score there. They're winning that game in Cincinnati late in the fourth quarter. So a huge part of this is the ability of the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line to get home because we're not going to be able to send secondary pressure as we have been doing in in, in the past. It's going to be a few times here and there where we send Legereus Sneed on a blitz. But it isn't going to be that often because it just flat out can't with the Bengals' weapons. Blaine? Yeah, and the first game earlier in the year that we played, Spags went zone because it didn't work in the second half of the AFC Championship last year. He played a lot of man. He went zone. Nick Bolton got torched. I mean, you can't keep up with some of those guys over the middle. And so the ability of you know, trying to maybe see what the Ravens did and see what the Bills didn't do and try to develop – I mean, this is a Spags game. This is a Frank Clark and Chris being able to allow Spags to have a good game. And it's 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 really a tactical, uh, such a tactical warfare that I'm so excited to watch. I think another thing, too, that people are forgetting, and I heard this on a competing podcast, won't mention them, but they made a great point. The snow, the, the Bengals offensive line incredibly banged up and the snow in Buffalo did not allow for the defensive line to really move that well. I mean, obviously that they're out there, they're professional athletes. They, they play in snow, but it's just a different way to move. It's so much more difficult to, from what I've seen. Here's a little weather segment. It's going to be cold on Sunday, but I think that's just going to be cold. I don't think there's going to be any sort of precipitation. There might be some flurries, but not the snow that they got in Buffalo or really last week pregame before Jacksonville. I think that's a huge advantage for this Chiefs D line to get after this Cincinnati offensive line who is banged up. I have not seen that they're going to have any of their guys back. I know there's been some rumblings that potentially Jonah Williams might be back, um, but I, I don't put a lot of stock into that. And even if they are back, they haven't played in over two weeks. So that's insanely difficult to get brought back in for this massive, massive contest on Sunday evening. Um Johnny, you got anything? Got anything else? Because I think we, guys, we're that was a, that was murdered. That was murdered. That was yeah. the figure it out podcast at its peak, right there. No, I, yeah, Chandler, you, we did a great job there. 
let's go Chiefs. I mean, Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa, those those linemen that they're missing, those really key ones, DNP today. So we're going to see what happens. I mean, and yeah, you're so right about that cold. I, I guess I just want to get my two cents in and emphasize how big this is for the defensive line. The, th- this defensive line can win this Chiefs the football game on their own. They really can. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the offense. I really am not. Um, the, the the Chiefs have been able to score against Cincinnati. They've had some trouble in the second half. Let's. They got away from running the football. They're going to have to run the football here in the three games that they've lost to Cincinnati. It, these three in a row, uh, they had leads of 14, 18, and seven, and they've never trailed going into the fourth quarter. Like the offense is going to be just fine. They cannot keep letting burrow extend these plays they have got to get home and sack joe burrow chris jones is a finalist one of the three finalists for the defensive player of the year award it's probably going to go to nick bosa because he's got like 18 and a half sacks and it's a regular season award i get all of that chris jones can win the defensive player of the year if he balls out in this game chris jones has the ability to absolutely wreck a football game. Usually one of these finalists is Aaron Donald. And we've heard for Jones's entire career that if Aaron Donald was not in the NFL, that Chris Jones would be the, the, the most dominant three technique in the entire league. Well, looky here. I mean, that's true. Chris, you're a finalist. You're one of the three players for defensive player of the year. The other two, Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. That's how good you are. Chris Jones. No, you don't have any postseason sacks yet. You don't, you've had plenty of opportunity. You've had this game circled on your schedule for a year. You knew you'd see the Bengals again in the playoffs. I am watching 95, and I am trying to give him as much support as I can. I know he's pissed us off in the past in the playoffs. He pissed me off against the Jaguars. This is it, Chris Jones. You can completely ruin this football game. Chris Jones ruined that Week 18 game against the Raiders. He ruined some guy's life. He can ruin a backup guard's life uh, in this game, too. And I just pumped myself so up so much I'm about to run through the wall and Johnny I think we do I think we take advantage of what the Bills weren't able to the Bills have the 28th worst CBO or, or whatever stat pressure stat there is in the NFL since Bond was out they were horrible the Chiefs have been better at D-line since the last few weeks I mean they're just continuing to grow why could they not take advantage of that offensive line that's banged up somebody's got to do it and why not be the Chiefs I think they can I think they will and you know what? I think the Chiefs win by seven or more. I, 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 I fully believe with everything in my body, I'm looking at every sports book I can get to possibly have an alternate spread, Chiefs minus seven, six and a half, you name it. And I'm putting 100, 200 on it, and I'm riding with it because I think there's no way Joe Burrow comes into Arrowhead, wins for a fourth time in a row against the Kansas City Chiefs, especially with all that's going on. I think the Chiefs dominate. Blaine, talk game. about your karma point that you were saying. I have that written down. You, you were talking I mean, about karma. It's it's just the Eli Apple, the bad talking Demar Hamlin, the I'm the guy, I'm the guy, Burrow, I'm him, I'm cool. There's this thing in life that really irks me is when people try to be cooler than they are, and you know those type of people, you can point out a few of your friends that are like that, and that's the Bengals, awesome. and it always it always catches up to them. At one point or the other, somebody's like, man, that was – like, that was lame. Like, that was really – and this is the game where the Bengals go out and show, like, wow, NFL, America, wow, that was lame. And it's going to happen. They're falling on their own sword. 
they're about to fall on their own sword. And the Chiefs are going to be that person to stab them. Yeah, really well said. My final point, I'm picking the Chiefs. I know Johnny is too. I want Isaiah Pacheco to have 15 to 20 carries, just like McCaffrey. I think he plays a huge part in this game, control the game. Honestly, teams try to limit the Chiefs' possessions. Let's limit Cincinnati's possessions. Let's go on drives. I think the Chiefs have been able to transform their big play identity into being able to go for 12, 13-play drives. I mean, hell, Chad Henney went on a 12-play drive, and it's Chad Henney. I love Chad Henney to death, but he ain't Patrick Mahomes. We can go on these drives, and we've proven it throughout this year. That's going to be key. Limit the possessions of the Bengals. Run the football. How about a little under center play action? That will really get the blood flowing. I will be in Arrowhead Stadium at 5.30 p.m. Central Time, 6.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. 3.30 Pacific, actually. Excuse me. And I will be loud. I will be as loud as I have ever been. People know me as being a louder guy. They have never seen me be this loud. And I'm telling you right now, that stadium will be rocking and I'll be a part of it. Boys, I really appreciate your time. Anybody have any final thoughts? I think I think we kind of nailed them all. Figure it out podcast down to its last week. Back Monday, no matter what. Um, hopefully with Chiefs win, a little Super Bowl preview next week. Well, we'll have to talk about our schedule because there, there'll be a week off if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Um, we'll talk about it, though. But definitely back next Monday for the listeners. Johnny, Blaine, really appreciate it. Blaine, have a great time uh, doing what you're doing down there in uh, in Mexico, okay? Have a safe trip back, and we'll talk to you guys soon, okay? Talk to you later. Go Chiefs! Go 